0: morning, greetings in Jesus' name, it's good to be here this morning, nice beautiful morning, sunshine and and, uh, we have a privilege of again meeting together to uh, worship and uh, sing and pray to the God of heaven and earth, the one who made us, thankful that we have that privilege, there's many people that don't have that privilege to do this in freedom, so we are very glad that we can do this. Before I continue, I'd like to uh, have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we come to you this morning. In Jesus' precious name, thank you, Father, for your many blessings. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to be together. Thank you that we can come to you in, uh, in freedom and worship. Lord, we can serve you. Pray, Lord, that you would help us to do that in all sincerity and truthfulness. Lord, that we would serve you from a sincere heart that we would follow that still, small voice that leads, guides, and directs us. Lord, that your will could be accomplished in our lives here on earth, here in Wellman, Iowa, as it is in heaven. Lord, we know that you have a will for us. Pray, Lord, that we would be faithful in in accomplishing that will. Thank you, God, that that, uh, we can give you our lives, and you will use it for your glory and honor. Pray that you'd be with us this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well this morning I'd like to uh, read a chapter, a very familiar chapter, one that I'm sure all of you have probably read many times and there's probably been many messages preached or thoughts taken from this chapter, Psalms 91, and where this chapter kind of, uh, where I kind of started thinking about this is when we were over in Haiti and uh, I'm sure you probably all have heard what all... The time that we had there, and I don't want to um, retell a story if it's getting old, but uh, it was interesting being there in the, that type of um, way that we were kind of stuck there the last three days. I wouldn't mind going again, getting stuck there as long as I know which day I'm coming home. That uh, kind of gives you a little bit of reinsurance. So, uh, There were many different emotions, I think, that went through many different people. Kind of just the unknown and what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. I think for myself, I was never really scared. I think the scaredest time that I had was when we were flying that little puddle hopper from one airport to the next. That was probably the scariest time I had, not necessarily being stuck there, but that was was an interesting flight. But um, actually, before... uh, there was one time that one evening. So we were, you know, we were trying to line up all these pilots and trying to figure out how we're going to get out of here and what's all going to happen. And one evening, all of a sudden, we lost all cell phone service, and that was a little bit of an interesting feeling. All of a sudden, well, maybe we're stuck here a little bit more than I first thought. You know, all of a sudden, all our communications getting cut off, and I forget if it was that. Next morning, oh no, we had devotions in the evenings. I forget it was that evening. No, I don't think it was that evening. It might have been the next evening I was on for devotions. And I talked about, or this chapter came to mind. So I uh, read this chapter and had a few thoughts, and I thought I'd just kind of continue that. So let's turn to Psalms 91, beginning in verse 1. If we're ever in trouble and uh, we need to dial 911, this is a good number to go to. Psalms 91 verse 1, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation." There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder and the young lion, and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet, because he hath set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. There are many different promises in this, in this chapter that we can find much strength, but there are qualifications. There's four different points that I'd kind of like to look at throughout the chapter first of all is one is assurance of God's protection the way God protects and invitations to receive God's protection and promises from the Lord for his protection the first point kind of assurance of God's protection <clears throat> He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, if you think of dwelling with someone or something, or most times someone, if you think of a dwelling place, it's not a strange place. It's, It's the place where we are known the best. Our families, our spouses, our parents, our children know us the best. They know the insides. They know how we respond to things. They know... What makes us happy, what makes us sad, what makes us scared? they know us they know us the best. Is that secret place? do I feel like where I dwell with God, that he knows me the best and I know him the best, or does that time or does that place or does that that uh, secret place when you think of your secret place with God, does that seem somewhat of a strange place? It shouldn't and sometimes it does but it shouldn't because too many times for myself I run there or I find myself there in times of only need or you know in times of need you find yourself there but if you think of your house your home your dwelling place that is where you dwell that is where you find nourishment that is where you find um security that is where you find your answers and uh that is where we need to find us. And that is, I believe, <clears throat> how we need to find our secret place with the Most High is where we abide. Where I abide spiritually, where I abide emotionally, where I abide, where I abide in my thoughts. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. No, yeah, my God In him will I trust. He is my shelter. He is the one that protects me. Sometimes, for us men, for myself sometimes, it's easy to lean upon my own understanding and my own thoughts and my own um, uh, my own whatever to figure this out. And only until I run up against is it easy to run to my fortress when all of a sudden it seems like I'm out of control. That is what that is there for also, but the Bible is very clear that we should not lean on our own understanding. We should we should lean upon the understanding of God and the wisdom of God that gives to all of us liberally. We need to ask for it, and when we find ourselves there um, relying on God's wisdom for every situation that comes, yes, we need to use our own. We can't necessarily just um, put our head in the sand and say God's going to figure this all out. I believe he uses you know, but, but acknowledging this is where my wisdom is coming from and not leaning on my own understanding. Because He is my God, my refuge, my fortress, and in Him will I trust. <clears throat> God cares for His own. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. <clears throat> I believe in this our generation. I didn't do a lot of studies, so it's probably just kind of from hearing and and, uh, hearing other people talk, but it seems like in this generation of ours, we are probably close to the nearest or to the worst time of, I don't know, I don't know, maybe that's an overstatement, but it seems like rebellion is rampant in our generation, from young people to middle-aged people Don't tell me how to do it. I want it my way. I want it done this way. Deception seems to be rampant among the Christian, so called Christian church, the ones that proclaim Christianity. Deception seems to be just rampant in what you can do anymore, what you can't do, and what is truth and what is not truth. And do it how you feel, do it how you don't feel. Who's going to deliver me from being deceived in this generation? Is it my own intellect, or do I find myself dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty? I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. One thing that says there is, it's personal, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. It's not just a refuge. It's mine personally. A personal testimony of that fortress being for me. That guiding light, that, shat, that, that uh, shadow over my life. I feel it personally. He is my shield, my buckler, his truth. Verse 4 says, his truth shall be thy shield or my shield and buckler the truth that sets us free. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ and the Christians are under attack from the enemy. And, you know, I don't know where we all fall in the great falling away and the great deception of the end time stuff, but it is happening. And I fear for us sometimes of the many gray areas that can be out there how can we stay on the straight and narrow? How can we stay in that in that fortress? Because the battle is real, and many people are getting discouraged. But I believe that it, I believe the answer is in in a lot of this in a lot of this uh, chapter. Because David, I think, found faced many of the many temptations and many struggles that we even faced and haven't faced when his people turned against him. He went and encouraged himself in the Lord, and out of that is where a lot of these psalms comes from. When he feels his very need for his sufficiency to be in a higher power than him, than his than, than his own self, and that's I believe how we can how we can find our way is when we feel our insufficiency of ourselves, and we feel that God is my, or the secret place is my dwelling place. He that dwelleth in the secret place, when we find our secret place as our dwelling place, that's what's going to keep us, I believe. That's what's going to keep us from the enemy that is so so tactful in throwing those fiery darts. The way God protects us, God delivers us. There is no, nothing that can touch us if we find ourselves in that dwelling place like Job. There's nothing that can touch us spiritually or physically, I don't believe, without it allowed, being allowed by God. Which is for our good. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. What a promise that is. God delegating angels to keep us in all our ways. If we find that dwelling place, that secret place in him. There shall no evil befall thee, nor shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And what I see that to mean is spiritually there will be nothing too great for us to face. Because God has given his angels charge over us. He has given us the strength. He has made that fortress and that, that uh, strong shield for us to run to, to behind, to, to run behind. Even though sometimes we may feel like uh, the world is falling in upon us. If we find our place and allow that to do its work in our hearts, it will only do us good. Even though we might think that the end is coming. We might want to give up. We can't give up. Because his angels are in charge of us. God has delegated. Imagine God delegating angels. To take care of this person. That's what, the, that's what it says. There shall no evil befall thee. There shall Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee. To keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. And I think you probably all heard of that poem or story one time of this guy that was walking down through the sand with, uh, on the beach or on some sand hand-in-hand hand with God or the angel. I'm not, it's very vague in my, in my mind. But I'm sure you probably know which one I'm talking about. And all of a sudden it seems like God left him. There was only one, one, one set of footprints, and that was when God said he was carrying him through the thickest time of his life. You know, we may feel like God left us and there's only one footprint of, of being of, uh, in the sand of our life, but that's when God is carrying us, like he says here, they shall bear thee up in their, ha- their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. <clears throat> An invitation to receive God's protection. Those who love me know my name and cry out to me. We will be rescued. We will be protected. And he will answer. Um, he has not left us unanswered. Sometimes it feels like we might pray and not find an answer, but God will not leave us unanswered. He will not turn a deaf ear to one that cries out in uh, in truth and in faith. He will satisfy us. We should call upon him and I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's a promise that is very encouraging, is when we pray, we find our secret place, that dwelling place. God will answer. He promised. He says right there, He says, He shall call upon me and I will answer Him. How many times do we sometimes give up because the answer isn't coming right away or might not be exactly what we want to hear? But He promised, I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble. That's the times when we feel like we're the only ones. There's only one set of footprints. I will deliver Him. There's nothing that can is more powerful than God. And if we find ourselves in Him, We have deliverance promised. And we need that because the battle is real. Like I said, again, I feel like the the people of God, the ones that are truly following God are under attack by so many different voices. And we need deliverance. He will honor us. Now, this psalm doesn't necessarily say or doesn't necessarily promise a life free from problems or difficulties or hardships. But it does promise deliverance. It does promise an answer. It does promise um, freedom. It promises satisfaction, not necessarily through our circumstances or through our um Good or our good life, you could say, because it, it, there will be difficulties. That is promised to the believer, the one that, uh, that goes against the tide. But we are promised peace. We are promised life. We are promised satisfaction. With these qualifications, the first one, I believe, and the main one, is finding our secret place in the Most High, with the Most High. oftentimes our difficulties are caused by us in making poor choices that's a lot of times what it can be whoever dwells in that shelter or that shadow kind of like a like when Jesus looked out over Israel and he just longed to take those people under his wings, under his shadows, under his, yeah, under his wings, and provide a protection for them. Yet, they didn't want it. Where am I? Am I running out there by myself in my own, in my own understanding? Or do I find myself under that protection that brought Jesus to tears because he so much wanted to be their, their guide? I'd like to read a few verses in closing in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 56, 57, and 58. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I leave that as an encouragement to remember that our work, your work, is not in vain in the Lord. The fight that we're in is not in vain in the Lord. And thanks be to God, which already has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hope that's an encouraged, encouraging word for us as we find ourselves sometimes in the battle. And uh, that we would know that the answer is there. Am I dwelling in that secret place? The victory has already been won. Do I find myself behind that fortress where the victory's won? So may the Lord bless.